Hey, welcome to another episode of After Hour Projects. This episode is with Siam Hossein, founder of Get Me Hired, an online programming and job hunting boot camp for international students studying in the U.S. Before that, Siam founded Hire Study Abroad, a platform connecting international students with mentors and built a thriving community of 190,000 members. Siam originally came to the U.S. from Bangladesh for his master's degree and learned software development, which led him to become an AVP at Tibro Price, a publicly owned investment management company. We cover Siam's discoveries as an international student while studying for his master's degree in Texas, how that led him to found two companies based off of that, and his path to entrepreneurship while working as a software engineer. This was quite the episode, and it was so interesting hearing about Siam's journey because I'd originally met him at an event and then friended him on Facebook and was just struck by his statuses that he posted. And these statuses were wild, not in the sense of him having these crazy times going out, doing different things like that, but they were wild in that he took all these different risks and he just dove in, jumping right in. And even though sometimes he was down and he depicted that in quite detail, which is mentioned sometimes in this episode too, but he gets back up and keeps going. And that's just really inspirational. Hope you all enjoy this episode. And if you like it, make sure to follow the episodes on afterhourprojects.com slash podcast. Without further ado, here's the episode. Siam, it's great to have you on the After Hour Projects podcast. Thank you for inviting me in this. Yeah, and it's been a long time coming since you were the one first people to actually like speak with me about podcasting. And so like that was back in January and now I'm a few episodes in. So it's really great to have you as a guest. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I remember that you just came back from this Asia trip and you were so inspired uh, and you I saw you started writing blogs and just being more productive in creative pursuits. So I was like, okay, I would love to see this happening. And we just had a discussion and here, here you are launched. You, you already launched your podcast. It seems to be going great. So I'm happy. Yeah. And I can see the same for you with Get Me Hired, which we'll go into more further down in the episode. But just given that you came from Bangladesh to the United States originally, and then you studied here for your master's degree and worked in the U.S. Just tell me a bit about that whole story. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I, I originally was born in Bangladesh. Uh, uh, it's a city called Dhaka, which is a mega city, 20 million people. Uh, and uh, basically, after being born, I went to Saudi Arabia. I grew up my first 10 years in Saudi Arabia with my parents. Uh, and then I came back to Bangladesh. I did my high school, undergrad, and then basically I came to master's uh, in US. Uh, I, I came in August 2009. So it's almost been a little bit more than 10 years now in US. But yeah, it's a long story. I don't know how to wrap it up <laughs> in a quick, short version. But yeah, that's pretty much how I came to US. Yeah. So even before the US, you were like basically like an international student within Saudi Arabia. Yeah, that's true, actually. I never thought of it that way. It's a 
great framing. Uh, yeah, I, I think while I was in Saudi Arabia, I was studying uh, both Arabic and also Bengali uh, because that's what I mean. There, there was a Bengali uh, embassy school in Saudi Arabia, so yeah, I was technically an international student there too. Very interesting that you put it that way. When I was young, I actually lived in China for a bit as well. So after being born in the U.S., when I was one year old, I lived in Shanghai with my grandparents from one to three, and then came back to the U.S. So wasn't old enough to go to school though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's so interesting that in our lifetimes we live in so many countries. I mean, uh, those who have the opportunities and it kind of like shapes our personalities and changes us and makes us who we are. But it's very interesting. Yeah. And so coming to the U.S., you were studying in Texas. What were you studying? I was studying electrical engineering. So in my undergrad, I studied electrical engineering from Bangladesh. And uh, basically, I, I, was, I saw my friends basically applying to and going abroad. Uh, there are not a lot of opportunity in Bangladesh for engineers. So this is very common for people who are graduating with engineering degrees. They just go abroad. This is very common. They go to uh, U.S., Canada, Germany, Australia. Uh, I, I have a lot of friends who went to Canada. And I remember that basically one of my friends said that, hey, Siam, GRE is very hard and you cannot pass GRE. I'm like, really? It's so hard? So <laughs> I just basically started preparing for GRE. And that's kind of like which something eventually led me to come to U.S., but yeah, I, I came, uh, I studied, did my master's in electrical engineering from University of Houston, which is in Texas. And uh, my thesis was in thin film fabrication. And so just coming from an international student perspective, just after you graduated from undergrad uh, in your home country, and then figuring out what schools to study in in the U.S., and with you mentioning how one of your friends was mentioning how difficult the jury could be, what was that whole process like navigating the admissions process to come to the U.S.? Um, that's a great question. So honestly, it was, uh, I would say it was very confusing, at least from my perspective, because I asked a lot of the people like who graduated earlier than me. I talked with a lot of people who are a little bit old, older than me for guidance. And everyone basically guided from, the, guided from their perspective. So uh, those who were working in the tech companies or something in Bangladesh, they were saying that, hey, why are you going out? Just stay home. Uh, so there wasn't any proper guidance per se. So I kind of had to, and as I said, that I had a lot of friends who went to Canada for a study. So I didn't have much guidance for U.S. study. Uh, so I had to basically just start with Google and I made a lot of mistake uh, and I had to just like there wasn't in 2009, there wasn't Quora or Facebook wasn't even this popular. Like there wasn't any platform where you could like really discuss things. I think there was one Google group and one Yahoo group that time I was part of. And those were some sources where I got some information. But yeah, I, I basically spent around almost a year or more, like year and a half, just researching how to basically like find a university which fits my profile and also i i wasn't i didn't have the financial stability to uh, 
pay for my study myself. I knew that I had to gather funding, not only uh, the master's admission. So yeah, I had to basically learn the whole process by just iterating and exploring. Kind of like in a startup as well, in terms of starting your own company and just going about it on your own. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I'm sure that that had a lot of influence in terms of you getting that idea to start your first company, Higher Study Abroad. So how was that idea first come about? Yeah, so I'll be really honest that I did not have any idea of a company when I started Higher Study Abroad. I was basically just, so I came to US in 2009 for my master's, as I said. And uh, what I first noticed after coming here is that there are a lot of opportunities here uh, in terms of education. The education system is very different from Bangladesh. Um, after living in U.S. for many years, I see that a U.S. education system has flaws too, but compared to Bangladesh, this is way better. And I realized that like Bangladesh doesn't have any lack of talent. It's mostly just the lack of access to education. Uh, that's the main problem. So uh, what I did is that I basically went to Bangladesh just for a trip, for a one-month vacation, just to visit my family and stuff. And I basically went through different school, went to like seven schools nationwide, just to talk about, uh, just to inspire students to dream big. So what happens is that Bangladesh is a developing country. So mm -hmm. uh, most of the students, when they're graduating, their goal is to just like have a nine to five job, a stable source of income and just build a family. And uh, they don't really have that much belief in this, themselves that they can also do something impactful or global. Uh, uh, so my goal was to just, I just went to these schools and spoke in these conferences that, hey, like even you can do it because I did it. I came to US for studies and I showed many examples of, of previous Bangladeshis who are successful in U.S. and doing some large-scale global impact projects. So that, that, that was kind of like the starting point. And after that, when I actually did these seminars, there are so many people who attended those came to me and said that, hey, CM, we have been waiting for this. I had a similar uh, dream that I wanted to go to study abroad and all these things. So... Basically, they started helping me out as volunteers to build this kind of like this. We started with a Facebook group. And uh, uh, so right now, the long story short, right now, that Facebook group has more than 185,000 members. So it is uh, for higher education. It is the largest Facebook group in Bangladesh. And uh, I mean, we spawned out with other initiatives as well, but we started with just a Facebook group. Uh, but yeah, um, so coming back to your answer that it, I really didn't have any intention to form a company when I started the project. It was just a project. Uh, I was just trying to uh, basically help students because I personally wasted an incredible amount of time in just uh, without basically the, because of the lack of guidance, I made a lot of mistakes. So I just didn't want other people to make the same mistake. And uh, one more thing I just wanted to add is that I remember that after forming the group uh, in 2011, 
six months later, that group had like 500 members. And I was in Houston. I was, I called my mom. I was just talking in the phone with her. And I said that, Hey mom, like, uh, I am just like spending so much time in basically just helping these students out, just guiding them in the group, running this group. Uh, what is it in for me in this thing? Like, how am I benefiting here? So my mom said that, like, my mom asked me that, so how long did it take for you to gather all this information? And like, uh, yeah, so I said that uh, if someone guided me, they could have saved me at least one year because, uh, yeah, so that's that's how much time I wasted. So my mom some said something which is emotionally valuable, but logically completely flawed. That is that my mom said that, yeah, so if you help 500 people that will move Bangladesh 500 years ahead because you're saving 500 years. So as I said, it's mathematically completely flawed, but it has uh, emotional value. And since I was young, I was like, oh, this, this seems so cool. I, my mission from now on will become to basically save one year of every person I meet. Uh, I'll just save them one more one year and then they can go on their own journeys so uh, so that was as i said like it kind of became like my i would say like my drug uh, and uh, basically the more people i helped the better i felt that okay I, I have created this much impact and what obviously slowly it became it it, it had to form a company because there are a lot of people who were working uh, with me and obviously we need a structure but that came the company came later. And so, I mean, especially like eventually when it scaled to that over 100,000 member Facebook group, I'm sure that it really made a lot of impact. And it was really just using your own experience as that solution in terms of someone that was in your shoes back then. And so, I mean, even a little bit for me as well, in terms of sharing stories on side projects, it was really just to show people who don't exact might not exactly know what they want to do that it's possible to just try and that was really my story in terms of trying different things out and then one thing took off led to another and that gave me some clarity in terms of what i actually wanted to do professionally wise so kind of similar threads in that regard in terms of you just wanting to share your story and then all the response that massive response that happened afterwards like, yeah, it's even your after our project it itself is an after our project. So <laughs> that's the that's the fun part in it. Pretty much, yeah. And then speaking in terms of combining what you were doing professionally and what was going on with higher study abroad. So after you graduated from the University of Houston, you went into the tech field. And so what was it like then balancing what you were doing at work and also what you're doing with higher study abroad and then like turning that into a company. Um, obviously there are like multiple threads of stories here and multiple experiences. But when I, after I graduated, um, uh, I realized that I did not want to work in fab, basically IC fabrication, which is done by Intel and companies like that, as I said before. Um, I realized that I wanted to do something which where I can basically create or build some product which is which is like fast. I, I cannot build another Intel right now because it requires 
couple billion dollars of budget to even buy those machines to start with. So I, I knew that software is some kind of skill where you really don't need any uh, financial capital. You just need your brain and a couple of other people's brain. And that's pretty good to start something. Uh, so I knew that I wanted to go into software. So I started to train myself. I, I There are, again, like a lot of stories underlying. Uh, I don't know if I actually told you before that uh, I actually came to New York in 2012 uh, after my master's, uh, basically in search of how do I go and switch to software. Uh, I kind of like failed miserably there in the beginning. I had to work in like uh, basically gyro stands. Uh, I don't know if I told you this story as well that I was, uh, you know, the gyro stands in New York, right? Yep. So uh, for a few months, I worked in gyro stands. For a few other months, I worked in other restaurants. So I had to go through a lot of like ups and downs before I found basically a mentor who taught me how to build iPhone apps. And that which gave me the breakthrough of, you know, like just getting into software. Um Coming to your question on how did I balance those, like, as I said, that for me, the drug was that I liked helping people and seeing that I am able to make an impact on someone and seeing that makes me feel alive and feel good and like keeps me moving. So that is something which I realized long back, let's say 10 years back. Um but uh, obviously, there are things we have to be practical about or just like I have to fix my baseline first. So the reason I was working was to make sure that I have the proper visa status in U.S. Because uh, obviously, uh, I, for an international student, you have to you basically have to work in a company in order to retain your visa. Uh, other than that, you just have to go back home. So. Although in my mind or in my heart, I was always kind of obsessed with my project higher study abroad, but I was kind of just maintaining my day job just for the fixed pay payment plus my visa status. Uh, and all these times, uh, I worked in corporate for around uh, six to six and a half years. And all this time I had in mind that I'm going to save money for this many years and the moment I get my green card, I'll just quit. And that's what I did. I got my green card. And then the next year, I just quit my job without anything landed. Like I didn't have anything else handed on me for the next phase. Uh, so yeah, so it was one thing which I realized is that uh, for me, it's almost impossible to... Uh, be passionate about something and work on something else. So I was passionate about higher study abroad. Even when I was working, I was actually thinking about it. I was just thinking all this time, like, oh, how do I do this thing? How do I, you know, like I was always just uh, thinking about higher study abroad. Yeah, yeah. So, so that makes so much sense. And especially with your situation back then. So one big part is really that skill development aspect, which I'm sure we'll cover a lot more as we get later on in terms of the next company you founded. But even when you were working in the corporate world, so as an international student, one big part's really maintaining that visa status. And so sometimes it's not possible to go to a company that can't sponsor someone. 
So even if you do find that company and they want to hire you, and it's something that you're passionate about, it might not be possible. So then, like that one thing that you did though was while working, kept working on higher study abroad, and I'm sure really just thinking about what other things you could do. So that way, like while you were able to basically work for that period of time and got your green card, then you were able to basically like jump off to that next thing. Yeah, 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 and uh, uh, just uh, uh, jumping off to the next thing, ac- according to that thread. Uh, so, I have like couple of. Uh, this is only possible because uh, when I look back, I can see that these patterns. Uh, yeah, is that basically when I came from Bangladesh to US, that was one of my big transitions because I was actually working in uh after graduating from my undergrad i was working in an airlines company in bangladesh and i was also doing my mba from the best mba school in bangladesh but that's the time when i also got this opportunity of scholarship in us and one of my friends uh i was kind of in a dilemma that uh, on on that time that should I come to US or should I just stay in Bangladesh? And I remember one of my friends said something which helped me decide is that, see, if you are staying in Bangladesh, you know what might happen after five years that, okay, you can see the trajectory. This is kind of like a known path. Uh, but if you go to US, you don't know anything. It's a, it's completely uncertain. You can become the next big thing or you might just not be anything. Like you might just crash land because it's so unknown. And uh, now I obviously can look back and see how it reflected on me. But I really liked the uncertainty part because it was like, okay, I I definitely want to discover because if I don't do it, I'll always be sad that I didn't discover the opportunity. And that is the same thing which happened, exact same thing which happened after I finished my master's because I was I studied all this time electrical engineering and then I had this dilemma again in my life after my master's that should I stay there or switch to something else? So I had to do that again. And this is the third time is that uh, again, the same crisis that if I stayed in the job forever, I knew how Tiro Price was a very stable company. Like it is, it was, the salary was great. It, it was honestly, it was amazing. Like the way they treated me was just amazing. I had no, I have no complaints against Tiro Price. But uh, the main thing which, which was missing in Tiro Price is that it didn't have the challenge that, okay, it's, I, I think I'm attracted to a little bit of uncertainty and a little bit of risk. Uh, and that's that's probably, and I think startup, eventually I realized now that Startup is the only way to go for me because in only in startup, you can have that level of uncertainty because every day is like risky here, you know, like every day it might blow up. So yeah, just a quick side note on that. Definitely, definitely really interesting way to just put your story into perspective. And so it's also just keep in mind, like one part about like, as you made those moves, then like you were able to basically get more perspective, and then increase your comfort zone to then build yourself up for those next things. And then I think one other part that's important to mention is really just 
as back then when you were in back in Bangladesh for that one month trip, uh, like just showing people what's possible. I think like even like with your story in terms of becoming a software engineer eventually, like learning from building apps uh, to then like now uh, as someone who was an international student who worked in the company and like eventually made his way to become an entrepreneur. Uh, it's to show people that it's something that's possible. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And now making that transition to get me hired, you left your job at T. Rowe Price and started off on your own. What was the story behind everything leading up to starting the company Get Me Hired? Uh, I will start from the from from the time I quit the job in T. Rowe Price. So I quit the job in Tiro Price in February 2017. And uh, the only idea kind of I had, which I could scale or experiment with, was the higher study abroad idea. By that time, we were doing physical events in Bangladesh. So basically, whenever someone who studies in US, they go to Bangladesh for visiting, they be, we, we became a platform where they go and speak to the students. Uh, so basically what I did, I be, made it a platform where others can share their story. So that is where it was. Uh, so, But obviously there are other things we could solve. So I started off thinking of like basically we started building a mentor-mentee platform. Uh, basically you can say kind of like Airbnb for mentorship or Uber for mentorship. So there, there is someone who is studying in U.S., either doing their master's or undergrad or PhD, and they're doing it, let's say, in data science, economics, doesn't matter. And there is someone from Bangladesh or India who wants to do that, that I want to study data science in New York. So what we did is that we basically connected these two people, and uh, that's the platform. And we, we charged a small service fee for this connection or so that's, that was kind of like the idea I wanted to test out. So in 2017, I started building that platform and rolling it out in Bangladesh. And by 2018, we had, I would say like a decent amount of users uh, around like, uh, so basically we I spent like six months in building these platforms. In, in that one, one and a half year uh, after the platform, I had like, uh, I think, uh, around like 300 students who enrolled in that platform. And we had like, uh, I think 30 to 40 mentors who were helping them. So that was kind of like what I was working with. Uh, so coming to Get Me Hired, uh, basically last year, uh, one of my friends came to me uh, who lives in Silicon Valley. And he said that, hey, Siam, you, you're working with this idea of connecting these two people in a mentor-mentee relationship. And... Uh, uh, but you are helping them to come to US or come to Canada or this kind of country. So that's the connection you're working with. And that is a market, sure. Uh, feel free to work in that market. But he said that, uh, why don't you actually focus on the next phase uh, that basically these kids are graduating from these US schools and they have a lot of problems. Like they have a lot of struggle for themselves they don't have any professional network here. They don't have any U.S. job experience. They have this visa timelines. Uh, they have to land a job within first 90 days of graduation or else, they have, or else they have to go back home. So they have all these pressures. And why don't you create something to solve this problem? Because you already have a cloud of people who are already following you. And 
uh, yeah, they came to US, but now they are graduating. So can we try out this idea of basically helping them land jobs? So I was like, okay, sure. I'm already working on this higher study abroad project, but let's just give it a give it another another shot. That okay, let's let's give it a shot of this idea. So last year May, so basically this friend reached out to me uh, end of April, and I remember that within just one week, we just built a website with Wix, and we just launched it in in this Facebook group just as a test run. And I remember that within the month of May, we had uh, basically 12 students who signed contracts with us. And the way Get Me Hired works is that uh, we basically do not take any kind of upfront money for this from the students to help them teach this programming skills. So we, we are a coding bootcamp and also a job hunting bootcamp uh, where we give them the on-demand tech skills. Uh, which we know are the highest in value in the market. Um, uh, students are studying a lot of engineering degrees and a lot of STEM degrees, but uh, good for good or bad, the U.S. market is very skewed on the job side that most of the jobs are actually in tech. Uh, I would say the tech jobs are almost 10 times more than any other jobs in the market. Uh, so, uh, so basically, we teach them the tech skills. And uh, yeah, so I just started it as a test run. But what I observed in next three, four months is that this project started going so fast that I had to put higher study abroad as a secondary project and Get Me Hired became my primary one. And basically, my entire team of higher study abroad actually pivoted. So we basically just uh, last year was the first time where I experienced what pivoting means. I mean, I have been seeing this Silicon Valley, Valley series and a lot of ideas uh, and a lot of things of pivoting, but I really saw with myself that, okay, I just pivoted. Yeah, and I'm sure one part's really also just changing with like the times too. Um, one part with just getting in with the future of education, like with different programs such as Lambda School, which is also another coding bootcamp that's online-based and doesn't take any upfront equity. So they use something called an income sharing agreement where when that student gets that ultimate job, that's when the organization, the school, basically gets some of that money in return as the tuition. And then also just with the maturity of different student markets. So now that there are international students in the US, it's time to help them get jobs instead. Because one other part's really just how the career process, the job search process, it could really just differ from their home countries. So whether it be different logistics that they have to fill out, or even just interview protocol, things like that. So really coming from a group of people who've experienced that and know, like both with the technical skills and the job hunting skills, I'm sure that proves to be really helpful. Yeah, I agree. And uh, thanks for actually like explaining that better than me. Uh, and uh, additionally, basically, uh, it's also something which we have been doing it anyway ourselves. I mean, we have been uh, working in the industry for a while. We have been just helping out other people. We know that, hey, you, you don't know how to do it. I was just guiding our, myself. Uh, some of my other friends were guiding themselves. So this is just a way to 
bring those people together and form a structure. Uh, and beyond the tech skills and the, you know, like the visa requirements, I think the primary value we provide is the sense of community that uh, I think eventually uh, as an immigrant or international student, the primary struggle we face is that we don't have anyone here and we don't have anyone here to guide. We don't know how to do these things. Just even being able to talk with someone for one hour or 30 minutes weekly makes a like huge world of difference. Yeah, that's a really good point. And it goes to show just the importance of being able to just do all these different things during your free time. So it's that these students, um, there's class, there's the homework, studying for the exams, but then also job preparation. And then um, like some things that, as you mentioned, like with the community, um, like to find people who are like you, um, that can like take a lot of time. So with your basically like platform, you can bring these people together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the that's the goal. Just anything else you'd like to share about Get Me Hired? Sure. I mean, uh, as I said, that this uh, this uh, I still it's so interesting that I still call this a project, which is <laughs> funny. Kind of, uh, it's already a company, but uh, so Get Me Hired. Uh, is going very fast. Uh, that's what I have been observing. That we started just last May as a, from my side, almost like as a experiment. And uh, right now we have seventy-two students, uh, and uh, and one of them landed job in Google. Uh, it's not even one year, and we are already revenue positive. So it's going like I have worked with high study abroad before, so I have some experience with startup but this is going very fast in my experience and the obviously this will be a crucial year for get me hired to be able to you know like grow and scale uh, that is another uh, experience which i'm really ex- excited about uh, right now obviously this my long term goal for go- get me hired is to become like a empowerment platform for international students and immigrants so basically new immigrants in us uh, that's the eventual goal uh, maybe it will take five six years to reach that goal but the goal is to start with obviously just empowerment with skills that's the stage one where we are at but stage two would be to empower in other ways like financially empowering them basically uh, become a tech incubator because five years later we'll have thousands of students and basically just they will have their own ideas and we can just start funding them that hey like why don't you run with this idea we'll sponsor your visa and basically creating more small small get me hired within get me hired because i'm sure this international students these immigrants are very hungry so uh, they just again needs a little bit of guidance a little bit of platform uh, so that's where we are heading to uh, and obviously, to be able to do that, I need a lot of, I would say, like talented people in the team. I already have a, I, I'm glad that I was able to attract some really superstar, superstars in my team. But again, uh, this is something I share this within my team that I am actually trying to build the Avengers where there will be like all these superstars. That's what I believe in, that in order to 
have that kind of vision succeed, you need a superstar team. So I guess I just wanted to add to anyone who is listening, uh, if you are excited about helping out the international students or immigrants, and if you if you have any interest in empowering these minority groups, uh, just definitely reach out to me. Yeah. In terms of talent, so to just also tie that back to what you said earlier, one point was really how you mentioned a lot of the students in Bangladesh, how a lot of times they, there's no lack of talent. It's really just discovery. So I'm sure that also applies to your future plans for Get Me Hired with the upskilling, with people who are willing to put in that work, but just can use some of that guidance to help get them to that next level. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I think also one more thing I wanted to add is that um, I hope this doesn't become politically charged, but uh, I think that immigrants uh, immigrants or these new immigrants are uh, like create a lot of value in terms of skill and just in general create a lot of social positive impact in U.S. So uh, when I talk about empowerment, uh, that is something is also which inspires me that to just have a face for the immigrants because I don't see any proper platform where immigrants have a face of like, okay, they have some concerns. So eventual goal is to basically become the face of the immigrants and also empower them. Even my parents as well, they came as immigrants. My dad came here for his master's degree after completing his undergrad in China. And then my mom came a little bit after him it's just how i mean this is also back in the 1990s people just had to really just figure it out by themselves and it was really through their work through some luck um that they were able to really just get as far as they were because there's not just like my parents story but so many stories of immigrants coming here with really like just what few possessions they had and then were able to just get to where they are right now for sure one thing that I think kind of relates not just to entrepreneurship, but in skill development in general, one point is I think in terms of just like going off and doing something, one part definitely is it is important to really build some sort of baseline and all of that can be done through side projects. So having like something that's stable and then building skills up on the side. But then I think another uh, interesting thing is just going all out in something. So to your earlier point about facing uncertainty, so just like putting yourself to the test with something, whether it be going to a new country, going into a new field, just all kind of ties back to your story. Yeah, I'm still, I feel like I'm still within my story. So I'll, I'll see how the next 10 year goes. And I'm excited overall just for the whole journey. Yeah. And just to wrap up, any advice you want to give to audiences? whether it be as an international student, as someone who started a business, as someone who's tried these different new things? I actually am, I try to prevent myself from giving advice, but uh, something which I kind of like learned uh, uh, is that I think, uh, I mean, I see life as a very, uh, in general, life is a very short thing. Like it is 80 to 90 years on average, uh, so first thing is that I do not think that in general life should be taken very seriously. It's, it's, 
it, it is more fun in general life is just more fun when you, when we have fun in it like just like just take it a little bit light and experiment play so uh, i i love the word play fun uh, and i think as we grow up we all somehow get uh, i don't know like very obsessed with small things like okay i have to do climb this corporate ladder or i have to have this fixed job i have to get married these are some i'm not saying these are bad but these are ideas which have been like injected as we grow uh, so the fun part the play kind of goes away as we mature it becomes so heavy so i guess my advice would be to take it lightly and just always focus on the fun that okay what should i do to make my day fun and just try to enjoy the process and uh, i know that i'm saying it sometimes i do not follow it but i try to follow it but yeah that's just just the only thing that if you have any kind of uh idea you want to work on uh, there is no reason not to try it you know like just go for it what what will happen if you fail you will you'll fail you'll learn a lot and then you'll still have fun great way to wrap up and lastly where can the audience find you online so siam mh that's my twitter handle just siam s i m m h and get me hired's website yes uh, getmehired.co so you can just email me as well in cm@getmehired.co so yeah uh, just go to getmehired.co okay great speaking with you likewise leo thanks a lot for taking all this time and doing this great project thanks for tuning in to this episode of after hour projects for show notes and more visit www.afterhourprojects.com/podcast You can find all episodes there as well as on Spotify, Apple Music, or your preferred podcast service. Make sure to give the podcast a like, subscribe, and I'll see you on the next episode.